0: The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at
1: 876-283-9533. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome once again to The Message of Islam, an educational program which seeks to address your questions and all that you need to know about the true Islam. I am your host, Imam Ibrahim Forsen. The message of Islam is sponsored and brought to you by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica. And for the sake of the new listeners, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one of the over 70 denominations within Islam. This community believes in the advent of the reformer of the age in the person of His Holiness, Mirza Ghulam Ahmed. Spread across over 200 countries, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is a peace-loving religious community which rejects any form of violence against God's creation. Our motto has always been love for all and hatred for none. In the course of today's program, if you wish to add your voice to it, you can send your message via WhatsApp. And the number is 876-283-9533. If you meet us halfway and you would want to enjoy the full length of this program, you can usually visit the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community's Facebook page. That is facebook.com slash amjjamaica where this program and previous episodes are going to be available. As the days and months go by, we continue to witness blatant disregard for human life. From January 1 to September 25, the little island of Jamaica has experienced over 1,050 murders within this, you know, space. And of course, we all know that we are an island of just about 3 million people. It is a matter of concern. And if anyone were to do a quick survey on the road or on the streets of, you know, any town, among the serious concerns people may have, one of them would be murder or crime. And crime in general, but then murder, to be specific. Of course, crime dates back, you know, in the times of Adam, due to the situation that happened between the the two sons, Cain and Abel. So somebody would generally say that crime is not something new to us. But then the alarming rate that, you know, we are experiencing crime in our societies is something that, as a community, we need to add our voice and try to educate the general public on the value that we have to place on the human life. For this reason, we have dedicated today's program to talk about the sanctity of human life in Islam. I am joined by Imam Tariq Azim, who is the president and missionary in charge of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here, who is going to help us to understand what Islam says. And what solutions Islam offer to curtail some of these loss of life that we continue to experience uh, day in and day out? Imam Tariq Azim Asalam Alaikum Warahmatullah and welcome to the message of Islam.
0: Wa Alaikum Assalam wa, rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May peace and blessings of God be upon you and all the listeners.
1: Thank you for joining us today. Uh, the Holy Quran clearly states, uh, m- many places that the human being is the greatest of all God's creation. In one of the surahs, Allah the Almighty has said that he has created man in the best creation. If that is the case, what measures does the Holy Quran and other Islamic um, you know, sources, what measures do they offer to safeguard and preserve the human life and also the right to life
0: in religion in uh, in general as and also particularly in islam there is uh, you know a lot of uh, sanctity given to human life human life has been made very sacred in a way uh, you know it cannot be or should not be taken uh, one should not be murdered um, you know for any pretty reasons or anything like that So Islam and particularly our scriptures, uh, the Holy Qur'an, the sayings of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and other sources in Islam uh, emphasize uh, that, you know, put emphasis on the sanctity of human life. You mentioned the story of Cain and Abel, and this story is mentioned in the Bible, of course, and it is also uh, mentioned in the Holy Qur'an as well. And right after the Holy Qur'an mentions this story, Uh, Allah the Almighty says that even before Islam, Allah the Almighty made, uh, you know, clarification that murder is forbidden. And Allah had said to the people even before Islam, and it is mentioned in the Quran, that one who murders one person, it is as if that person has killed all of humanity. This is mentioned in chapter 5, verse 33 of the Holy Quran. So you can very clearly see that uh, you know um, murder has been uh, murdering just one person has been linked or connected with murdering of all humanity because you have disrupted the peace because of one murder um, for all of humanity. You have opened you know the door to many, many more murders to take place and whatnot. So that's why Allah the Almighty says that when you kill one person, it is as if you have killed all of humanity. Allah the Almighty goes on to say in the same verse, And whoso gave life to one, it shall be as if he had given life to all mankind. So here again we can see the sanctity of life that if you as a Muslim, as a believer, can save the life of one person, it is as if you have saved all of humanity. What this means is that whatever little we can do help the people in our community in our society and try and you know uh, we try to save lives through our actions through our talks whatever means we can adapt we have saved all of humanity so if each one of us realizes you know our responsibility uh, in this regard we can protect we can change our entire society so as Ahmadiyya Muslim community we take many many initiatives to educate to guide our youth so that nobody goes in the wrong direction that leads towards crime, towards murder in particular, but other crimes as well. And in a way, uh, as Allah the Almighty, as God Almighty has said in this verse that you are basically saving mankind. Just by saving those few lives, you're actually saving a lot of other lives You know that uh, could have been impacted uh, because of uh, that one person that you might have uh, helped understand. Uh, The sanctity of uh, human life, basically. There is many other narrations as well. Uh, There is a saying of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. He said that whoever killed a person who is granted the pledge of protection by the Muslims shall not smell the fragrance of paradise, though its fragrance can be smelt at a distance of 40 years of traveling. This is an authentic hadith of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him and you know um, when he says a person who is granted the pledge of protection by the Muslims, what it means is that uh, those people who are citizens of a particular state, all those people are protected people. When I go and land into a, any country, I'm right now in Jamaica, the, the constitution, the law of the country uh, does not allow free murdering of people. And no country in the world allows that. So automatically, um, every person is protected under the law, under the pledge, basically, as the prophet has spoken here, of the country in a way that nobody should be afflicting or hurting or killing another person. And the prophet says that one who does that, then the, you know, fragrance of paradise cannot even, you know, he cannot attain even the fragrance of paradise, meaning entering paradise is another matter even the fragrance of paradise which can be felt which can be smelled from miles away meaning even if you are doing little little good actions in our lives we can still you know get get something uh, get an idea what paradise is like but a person who goes out to commit innocent persons innocent people such a person, the Prophet says that there is no paradise for such person. This, the person will not even experience fragrance. He would not even know what paradise is like. So this is another hadith, another saying of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, that sheds light on this topic, on this, on the concept of uh, sanctity of human life. There is another narration, uh, basically a, a companion by the name of Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud. May Allah be pleased with him, he reported that the prophet peace be upon him said no person who is killed unjustly but the share of this offence of his also falls upon the first son of adam for he was the first to introduce killing so in this hadith i mean apparently the prophet peace be upon him has said that Uh, some blame lies on the first person to have committed the murder and he's referring to Cain murdering Abel. But at the same time, it, it, it should not be taken that every murder's blame will only lie upon that. Basically, what the Prophet is indicating here is that in any given situation, in any community or society, the first person, the person to draw the first blood is responsible for the subsequent murders that take place in that community. So we see that In our, you know, in our uh, place here as well as across the world, we see many murders actually take place because of uh, honor, because of revenge. One person has been murdered, the other party, uh, you know, people, uh, basically the party, the victim party, from there somebody wants to avenge the death of their uh, uh, family member or relative or friend and then they go on and, uh, you know, again attack, they attack the person that uh, had committed the murder or somebody associated with that person. So these kind of problems basically go on generations and we've been seeing it, we hear it in the news as well, that they go on for generations and this cycle of murder just continues. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, says that the first person who who, who starts this cycle in any given community, basically, uh, the, the blame also lies upon that person. Each person will be judged according to his, for his actions by God Almighty, yes. But at the same time, the one who starts, who initiates, who ignites that trouble in a community, in a society, is to be held, um, you know, um, uh, responsible at a greater level, at a a greater degree than the subsequent, um, you know, people who commit murder. So again, they will also be punished in the the, side, you know, by God Almighty and perhaps also by the authorities. But in the sight of Allah, that person who initiated that cycle, uh, that vicious cycle of murder, of violence, of crime, will be held at, you know, uh, basically a greater, uh, for a greater crime in a way. Islam, you know, allows us to protect ourselves, defend ourselves. Islam allows self-defense. So in that situation, you know, um, sometimes there are two parties at, uh, you know, at conflict or at war The Holy Quran says that if you are at conflict with anybody, with any party, with any group, if they offer peace, even after they have committed whatever atrocities they have committed, you should incline to peace. It is taken, I'm taking this verse from chapter 8, verse 62. God Almighty says that, and if they, the opposite party, incline towards peace, you should also incline towards it. And put your trust in Allah, surely it is he who is all hearing, all knowing. And if they intend to deceive you, then surely Allah is sufficient for you. He it is who has strengthened you with his help and with the believers. So here God Almighty says that you should always turn to peace. You should always try to pursue peace and whatever has happened in the past if you see that your you know your opposite faction is trying to t- go towards peace then regardless of the fear that you have that oh maybe they will look for an opportunity to do something bad to me again or to my community or to my uh, clan or tribe again god almighty says no regardless you should try to end that vicious cycle and look for peace so normally yes in self defense you would be allowed to protect yourself but if there is any hope of peace then you should pursue it. This is how important God Almighty has labeled, um, you know, um, sanctity of life, basically. This is how Allah the Almighty, God Almighty has established that human life is so sacred and one should do everything to preserve the lives of everybody in the society. I would like to read out a couple of quotations of the founder of Ahmadiyya Muslim Community, the denomination that we, uh, you know, that we represent. His Holiness Mirza Gulam Ahmad, um, God Almighty appointed him as the Messiah, the Reformer, the Mahdi that was promised in Islam as well as in other scriptures such as the Bible and whatnot, the awaited Messiah. So he, you know, um, in the 1800s uh, and early 1900s when he lived in India, there were many many different religions present around him in large numbers and these religions included muslims hindus christians and several others such as buddhists buddhists sikhs and you know many other faiths were present at that time so it was a community of many many different religions uh, uh, living together and of, co- of course there were there were conflicts from time to time this is what he had to say uh, in order you know in light of the teachings of islam he says The principle to which we adhere is that we have kindness at heart for the whole of mankind. If anyone sees the house of a Hindu neighbor on fire and does not come forward to help extinguish the fire, most truly I declare that he does not belong to me. If if any of my followers, having seen someone attempting to murder a Christian, does not endeavor to save him, I most truly declare that he does not belong to us. I love mankind with the love that a compassionate mother has for her children even more so. In another place he says, Remember that according to me the circle of those to whom kindness must be shown is vast. No people or individuals should be excluded. I do not tell you, like the ignorant people of this age, to confine your kindness to Muslims. No, I say that you must be kind to all of Allah's creatures, whoever or whatever it may be, be it a Hindu or a Muslim or anyone else. I never like the discourse of such people who seek to confine kindness to their own. I repeatedly admonish you that you should never ever restrict your circle of kindness. So from both these uh, passages, you know, it becomes quite clear the teaching of Islam that it is the sanct- it is the, you know, life that is sacred. Religion, whatever a person may belong to, as a Muslim, it is my obligation, it is my duty that I must look out to save every single human being that I can. And I must try and uh, educate uh, humanity about the sanctity of human life. And as Ahmadi Muslims, we try to do this on a on a daily basis, within our community as well as those we meet outside, or we you know through our initiatives and programs that we undertake. This is one of the main objectives that we, uh, along with educating people about the unity of God Almighty, the existence of God Almighty, we educate people, or we try to educate people uh, on the sanctity of human life and the respect and you know the respect and treatment it deserves from us.
1: Interestingly, we are in a Christian-dominated country, though crime is a general you know, issue across many countries. But then if you look at the, the rate at which the numbers are going, last year, b- within the same period being compared, 956 people were killed from January 1 to September 25. And this year, Within the same period, 1,053 people have also been killed. If the trend goes as it is, we might be seeing about 1,400 people being killed only in 2021. And if you do the comparative analysis, it is one of the highest rates in the world, which is going to give us around 47 murders per every 100,000, you know, um, individuals. Yes, I said Jamaica is a Christian-dominated country, and we believe that people try to live by the Bible. In the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 13, and it is very popular among the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. So killing is forbidden by God the Almighty, no matter which religion a person may be inclined towards. Does anyone have the right to take the life? of another person
0: i quoted this verse earlier as well let me read it in full this is taken from chapter 5 verse 33 of the holy quran god almighty says that whosoever killed a person unless it be for killing a person or for creating disorder in the land it shall be as if he had killed all mankind And whoso gave life to one, it shall be as if he had given life to all mankind. So as I mentioned, this is taken from the Holy Quran, chapter 5, verse 33. So based on this verse, uh, there is an exception made where somebody uh, might be given punishment, uh, might be killed, but only because what they have done, they have killed another person or they have created serious disorder in the country where uh, murder and other violent crimes are taking place even though the person might not have committed a murder but he has incited murder murders or other violent crimes to take place in the country in that case uh, uh, the authorities the government or the judicial system whatever system is you know uh, in the country uh, is responsible to deal with crimes they are allowed to give punishment. No individual on their own account is allowed in Islam to kill another person.
1: It is very important you clarified that uh, the condition that is given the whosoever kills another person unless it be by killing or uh, causing uh, public disorder. You say that in that case it is only the state that has the right to carry out that punishment and not an individual.
0: Of course, uh, because if this permission is given to individuals to go on and uh, take revenge, or if somebody has killed somebody, so in you know they uh, in revenge they're going to kill that person, or they would say uh, because of uh, you know punishment, it is a punishment for that. That is not the teaching of Islam, because there is there is a system, there is a judiciary in every system in every country in every in every nation. And through that, it must be established that the person, um, you know, uh, somebody has killed another person. And that very somebody, uh, then again, through the judicial system, can be given the punishment of, uh, uh, of killing that person. But otherwise, just because somebody has killed somebody, now people say that we're going to take law in our hands. Islam does not allow this. When you are doing this, you are basically creating disorder in the country in the nation, in the community that you are living. And that also is, it's a crime. It's a crime according to the Holy Quran. So therefore, um, according to Islam, uh, an individual or people or community by themselves do not have the right, but the authorities in the country have the right to punish somebody uh, for a murder. Uh, You know, basically somebody, Islam in a way you can say that, allows capital punishment, right? The way in the Bible it has been said that I for an eye, That, you know, basically a crime that has been committed, uh, equivalent punishment for that. So if somebody has killed somebody, then capital punishment is uh, okay in that situation. But again, only through the official system, through the authorities, not that any individual decides that, okay, I'm going to punish this person for that crime. That is not, not the teaching of Islam. I mentioned here eye for an eye, but I must make a clarification. Islam does not say... Eye for an eye. Islam says that whenever a crime is committed, you should see that for this crime, if the punishment is given, would it bring a better result or it would create uh, or forgiveness can lead to better results in the community, in the society. So if there is a person who has committed a murder, uh, according to the teachings of Islam, wherever the Islamic law is uh, applicable, Basically, what happens is that the uh, the party, um, you know, from the uh, from among whom a person has been killed, they have the right to forgive the murderer. If they decide to forgive, the authorities can still go on with the punishment if they see that uh, you know uh, forgiveness will lead to more crimes, because sometimes we know that it happens in societies that the the, the murderer. People are afraid of the, uh, of the murderer of the party from where the murderer was. So what happens is that they force the victim's party to, to, to give forgiveness so that they can be forgiven in the court. If that is the situation, authorities have the right to go on with the punishment. But if the party, the victim's family um, does not allow forgiveness, then according to the Islamic law, punishment must be given to that person who has committed a murder. So again, as I mentioned before, no individual has any right to take the life of another person on their own decision, on their own accord. The authorities have the right to give punishment, to give capital punishment to someone who has committed a murder.
1: Let's take the discussion a little bit to the unborn. We have been talking about those who are alive and with us, moving with us, but then it is also important to give some attention to those unborn. Every life matters. And once a fetus is implanted in the womb of the mother by Allah the Almighty, you know, life begins. There are several countries, for instance, in the U.S., where recently there was a Supreme Court deliberations on banning abortion after 15 weeks. And in some cases, after six weeks. What is the Islamic view on abortion in general?
0: Islam has a, a very balanced approach when it comes to abortion. It is a very sensitive issue and uh, it cannot just uh, be given a very general answer. So, Islam, you know, being a very moderate and balanced re- religion, uh, to all our problems, it provides a very balanced and moderate approach as well. So Islam as a religion is not uh, you know anti-abortion or pro-abortion and this is the beauty of Islam. Islam says that look at the situation. In each situation, there's different laws, different rules need to be applied. You cannot take one um, rule and apply it blindly in all situations. So according to uh, the Islamic jurisprudence, Islamic teachings, uh, if the fetus, if the child basically has become a living being and it has become an independent entity. I mean, they, 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 they refer to it in the, soul, in the you know, in, in normal terms as ensoulment, meaning that uh, uh, that the fetus has developed a soul or has develop, has become a human being. At that point, if abortion is done, it becomes genocide. It is equal to murder. You are basically murdering a child. May it be inside the wo- inside the womb of the mother, but it is a murder that is taking place at that time. So Islam does not support abortion at latter stages. Normally, as you also mentioned, 15 weeks. Um, it is said that about 15 or 16 weeks at that point, the ensoulment the, the takes place or the child or the fetus uh, becomes a human being at that time. This is roughly three to four months months into the pregnancy. So at that time, if abortion is done, as I mentioned, uh, according to Islamic jurisprudence, it is it is you know equivalent to murder. However, even at the, in these latter stages, if the fetus or the child threatens the life of the mother, then abortion is allowed. So if the doctors perceive that if this child is allowed to be born, uh, the complications it will cause, the mother is at very, very high, at very high risk of, um, you know, uh, losing her life at that point. Then the doctors, uh, you know, uh, according to Islamic jurisprudence, uh, they would be saving the life of the mother and aborting the child. So that is, um, you know, a, a, an exception given in the teachings of Islam that uh, you know status has been given to the mother or to the greater uh, being at that point for which the sacrifice has to be made but otherwise to to abort that late it is not allowed in islamic jurisprudence and when it comes to uh, you know um, basically abortion before that before that period basically before the period of ensoulment before the the fetus being declared as a human being um, again, it is still a very sensitive issue, but there is one verse of the Holy Quran that sheds light on this. The Holy Quran says that kill not your children for fear of poverty. It is we who provide for them and for you. Surely the killing of them is a great sin. So here, God Almighty has said that. If a person is uh, trying not to have a child or is uh, worried that how is he going to feel, feed the child, how is he going to take care of the child because they don't, you know, the, uh, him or her, the mother or the father or both don't have the means or the resources to take care of the child. In that situation, God Almighty says, you are not the one who provides for them, who provides for the children. I am the one, God says, I am the one who provides for them. I am the one who provides for you. You are alive because of the provisions that I have given you. So similarly, don't think that you are the provider. God Almighty says in the very beginning of the Holy Quran that He is Rabbul Alameen, that He is Lord of all the worlds. He is the one who takes care of everyone and everything in the universe. So if we think that we are the ones that take care of the children, then Allah says that, don't don't kill your children for this fear or having this fear in your hearts, because you are not the one who's, who's feeding them. It is me. It is God Almighty. God is saying that is feeding them, that is taking care of them, that will take care of them. So poverty or fee, you know, providing food and other basic necessities to the child, that is not a reason. To, uh, abort and that is as i uh, the worst very clearly says kill not your children abortion in these stages for this reason would also constitute as murder even if it is done in the first 16 first 15 weeks of uh, uh, of the pregnancy basically so again for other reasons um, but for other reasons it may still be permissible it has to be looked upon case by case basis there are unfortunate examples when 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 a rape has taken place god forbid um and you know in some situation in those situations um abortions uh may be permissible and there are other uh, reasons other times as well so i uh, this is the uh, approach that islam takes islam takes a very balanced approach uh, in this matter, and uh, does not uh, say that abortion is wrong at all times, or it does not say that uh, you know one has the right to abort at any given time, because at some at some point it does become a murder. And the Holy Quran says, "La that do not kill your children.
1: Thank you very much, Imam Tariq Azim. At this point, I would um, like that uh, you take us through the. Prescribed punishment, if any, for one who takes the life of another person, both intentionally or unintentionally. Um, I'm saying intentionally and unintentionally because some form of murder could be as a result of, you know, unintentional act. What does Islam say in this regard? Let's deal with the intentional one and then later on we look at the unintentional one.
0: Yes, exactly. I was going to say the same thing that let me first explain the intentional one then we can come back to the accidental one later on. Um, In the Holy Quran, God Almighty has said and I quote O ye who believe, equitable retaliation in the matter of the slain, matter of the murdered is prescribed for you. The free man for the free man, and the slave for the slave, and the female for the female. But if one is granted any remission by one's brother, then pursuing the matter for the realization of the blood money shall be done with fairness, and the murderer shall pay him the blood money in a handsome manner. This is an alleviation from your Lord and a mercy, and whoso transgresses thereafter, for him there shall be a grievous punishment. And there is life for you in the law of retaliation, O men of understanding, that you may enjoy security. These two verses, I have taken them from the Holy Quran, chapter 2, verses 179 and 180 so in the in in these two verses god almighty has explained to us that what must be done when someone commits a murder so let let's take a look at it you know what uh, pieces of guidance we can gather from this uh, you know um, eloquent verse of the holy quran first of all god almighty says that equitable retaliation in the matter of the slain is prescribed for you Prescribed for you has been said in a plural in the Holy Qur'an which signifies that it is not upon each individual to say that I am going to avenge the death of so and so or you know, uh, uh, equitable retaliation would be done through myself. No. The, the pronoun used here signifies that the authorities, the government or the judicial system or the authorities have the right to punish someone Uh, for the murder that they have committed. So that is the first thing that we understand from this verse. Then God Almighty says, equitable retaliation. So in a case when somebody has committed a murder, similar punishment can be given to that person, the murderer, according to the teachings of Islam. So in in countries where Islamic uh, jurisprudence is followed, I mean, these are the teachings uh, that are applied or can be applied. So again, uh, uh, What I am highlighting is the teachings of Islam. Uh, Islam also says that whichever country we live in, we must abide by the laws of that country. So wherever we are, we must follow the law of the land. But uh, Islam presents these teachings because Islam says that if we apply these to the society, we can curb the violence, we can curb the crime or stop the you know murder rate that is uh, that that is, that may have gone so high in a country if these teachings are applied so islam says that equitable retaliation basically one who commits a murder a similar per punishment may be given by the authorities to that person then the holy quran says that the free man for the free man and the slave for the slave and the female for the female in You know, in many societies even today and particularly in the Arab society before the advent of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, it used to happen that one person would commit the murder and somebody else would be punished for that crime. Even though it would be established that this person has committed a murder. That person would offer another person of a lower rank or something like that and say that, you know, that person can be sacrificed or murdered in place of this person or can be punished in place of this person. So the Holy Quran says, no, the person that has committed the crime, only he must bear or she must bear the the punishment of that crime if that person is of a very high standing then that very person deserves to be punished for the crime he has committed if he is an ordinary person or a very lowly ranked person according to the society's norms then that person must, uh, must be you know punished for his crime and if it uh, regardless of basically gender creed caste none of these things matter regardless of any of these the person who has committed the murder the person who has committed the crime that person must be punished Nobody else can be punished for the crime of another according to this teaching of the Holy Qur'an. Then the Holy Qur'an also talks about remission. If the person, if the victim's family decides that they would like to forgive the murderer, then that, per, that is okay. That is allowed within the teachings of Islam. And in that situation, the blood money would be paid by the murderer to the family. Of the, uh, of the victim. And uh, again, God Almighty says that this is an alleviation from your Lord and a mercy. So again, God says that even in that situation, if there is hope that the murderer, um, you know, will change his ways and uh, can become a beneficial member of the community again, then let him help the family of the victim. Let him help the family of the person that has been murdered so that you know uh, basically uh, some of their suffering can also be alleviated and some mercy can be shown to the person who has committed the crime so this is another thing that is mentioned uh, in this verse so when we when we look at all these things together it becomes very clear to us that what the teaching of islam is the the, the holy quran continues to uh, you know says say that the holy quran says and there is life for you in the law of retaliation of men of understanding that you may enjoy security. So God says that if you follow my teachings in letter and spirit, then you will enjoy peace and security in the community, in the society, in the country or wherever you reside. So these are the teachings uh, given in the Holy Quran uh, when somebody takes the life of another person intentionally. Uh, In that case, uh, Allah the Almighty has laid out the rules very clearly in the Holy Quran and uh, if we are to practice them in any society with justice, justice is the key. We will see that the crime in that society will be reduced to, uh, you know, almost non-exist, uh, not existing at all, basically.
1: You mentioned blood money. Before we go to the unintentional ones, um, could you elaborate on the blood money? What exactly it is? Somebody may be, I mean, this may be the first time somebody might have heard about it. What actually is that? Blood money is
0: basically, uh, you can say it is the uh, fine in a way that has been put uh, for murdering somebody if the party chooses to forgive. If the party chooses to forgive the murderer, then that murderer can pay that fine or that blood money to the victim's family. And in some cases, you know, this can be a source of relief for that family if a if a father of 3 or 4 children has been murdered now they can go to the court and have that you know uh, murderer uh, face his, his his punishment yes but perhaps sometimes in some situations it might be better to forgive to look past the mistake that the person has committed and that blood money might be able to sustain that family might be able to help that family in that case they are allowed to forgive but then at the same time as I mentioned earlier that if the person who has committed the murder, if he is such a person that, that that he does these things often, then even no punishment, sorry no forgiveness can be allowed in those situations because that person is committing these things on a regular basis. So blood money that you ask it, it is that sort of fine you can say or that amount uh, that is fixed by the courts uh, to be paid to the victim's family, uh, to help them, to assist them uh, because of the loss that they have suffered in their family. The loss that they have suffered in their family in the form of a father or a brother or a sister or a mother or whatever can never be, um, you know, fully replaced. But uh, punishment to that person, uh, to the murderer, will not change that. So in some cases, if the parties, the victim's family chooses to forgive uh, in that case, the murderer or the murderer's party can give blood money or some um, uh, some co- kind of a fine to alleviate their suffering. And it is a mercy, it is a kindness upon the murderer mostly. Because otherwise, according to Islam, the punishment is that he should face the, the equitable
1: retaliation. This reminds me of um, an incident, basically an interview I watched um, almost like a month ago where a gentleman who was um, a music producer, there was some kind of misunderstanding between him and a taxi driver who had dropped somebody in his house. And there was disagreement about the fare. So apparently the taxi driver was aggressive and he went inside. The rich man went inside and pulled up you know, his gun. According to what he said, he did not intentionally want to kill the man, but then it happened accidentally uh, when the gun, you know, as he put it, clogged, you know, accidentally, and then the guy was shot. He was sentenced to be killed. But then later on, you know, along the years, the family of the deceased asked for his pardon. He has adopted the daughter of the man he killed, and has taken care of the daughter way through to university. Of course, that still would not bring the, the father back. But then that exemplary act that, uh, you know, he's, he's done, according to the daughter of the man who was killed, she sees this man equally as a father. This is not giving that, you know, space that people who are well-to-do can commit any form of murder and get away with it with their money. But then, um, as you said, in some cases, if it can be justifiably proven that there was some sort of accident in in the act, then I believe it could also be a way of alleviating the hardship. Of course, he served almost like 15 years' imprisonment. So that that should also be made clear. So in that case, as you explained, it could bring some kind of ease to the family, particularly when the person who has been killed is the sole breadwinner of the the family. Imam Talikazim, somebody who is listening to us would be wondering, these guys discussing this issue, are they Muslims? Because in the media, unfortunately, Muslims have been um, painted so bad. When it comes to crime, if you look at the top 10, you know, high murder rated countries, you might not find any Muslim country within the top 10 list. However, it has been made to appear that Muslims are violent people. Particularly, I'm speaking from the uh, point of view of some people that we meet on our day-to-day outreach programs that, people see Muslims as violent and as murderous. What do you say about the so-called Muslims who are in violation of these beautiful doctrines Islam has outlined with regards to safeguarding the human life?
0: You know, throughout our program today, we have been speaking on the sanctity of human life in Islam, the way you know hu- uh, islam has emphasized on the sacredness the sanctity of life of human of of mankind it has not been mentioned in any other scripture we've been talking about uh, the laws given in um, in the holy quran and when you look around the society today here in jamaica or in other parts of the world we look at uh, we we see that the teachings of islam especially when it comes to judiciary are more practiced in our judicial systems than of any other scripture. If you are to take the teachings of the Old Testament, you would be punishing every single person immediately once it is established that he has committed a crime. There would be no forgiveness. Eye for an eye, right? Tooth for a tooth. So, and, or, or if you are to go with the New Testament's teaching, you will be forgiving everybody because one who commits a murder, uh, or does any other, any other thing, like slaps you on one cheek, you would turn the other cheek and allow him to continue with the crime. Islam does not say either of these things. Islam gives a very balanced approach and that is what we see. In the world being practiced today, as actually in most of the countries, not just Islamic countries, or actually not necessarily in Islamic countries, but many of the well established countries where the judicial system is very strong, you actually see them practicing the teachings of Islam. So, this is something to understand that Islam is a religion which emphasizes, um, you know, preserving the lives of mankind. It teaches us to respect the lives of you know of humans and this is what we have tried to uh, you know basically bring across to our listeners as well through our program today i read out this saying of the prophet peace be upon him uh, you know in the beginning he said that whoever killed a person who is granted the pledge of protection by the muslims shall not smell the fragrance of paradise through its fragrance which can be smelled at a distance of 40 years of traveling meaning that basically saying that any if you if a Muslim commits uh, murder of any citizen in, 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 in the country or in the country that place that he resides, that person has nothing to do with the um, attaining paradise. he's actually pushing himself away from the teachings of God and away from the uh, blessings of God almighty and he's not following the teachings of Islam. when people look at uh, uh, you know unfortunately because of the media, very biased uh, in this manner, uh, has painted a picture of Islam and of Muslims uh, to be to be violent, God forbid, or ones that commit uh, or kill people or do, you know uh, do a lot of other bad things. But that is not the reality. You know, there is more than two or close to two billion Muslims across the globe. Two billion Muslim that amounts to about two thousand million people, just to give an idea. What a billion means in Jamaica, we have a population close to 3 million. The Muslim population is close in across the globe is close to 2,000 million. And the population that you know, the terrorist organizations that we hear about in the media sometimes, they do not even amount to 0.01 percent. 0.01 percent. Now, I'm not saying one percent. I'm saying not even 0.01% of the entire Muslim population. So this is extremely unfair and you know very biased approach from the media that over the years they have painted the picture of religion, beautiful, peaceful religion of Islam, as a violent or as it, you know, God forbid, terrorizing, or and that sort of religion. Islam at its core means peace. Its literal meaning is peace. So and this is the teaching that it gives to Its followers there are bad people in among every community in every religion every society but you cannot paint all the people with the same brush if if you've seen one bad person say that all the bad people are like that whenever there is a terrorist act that takes place anywhere in the world uh, any murder you know if a Muslim person has done it you would hear it in the news that a Muslim has committed a murder But when a Christian or another religious person, a person from another religion, commits a murder, you don't hear about his religion, you just hear his name, um, that so-and-so committed a murder or a man who was this many years old committed a murder. But when it's a Muslim person who has committed a murder in any part of the world, it's always highlighted that a Muslim man has done this murder or has done this crime. So this is the unfair, biased media, their biased approach that has led to this Um, perception of Muslims otherwise as I mentioned you know there is close to 2,000 million close to 2 billion Muslims in the world and less than 1% less than 0.01% of the Muslim population may be involved with those terrorist organizations that are causing troubles uh, that are creating problems for everybody not just non-Muslims but for Muslims as well most of the terrorist organizations have killed more Muslim people than people of other religions. So those people, they are not following the teachings of Islam and it is completely unfair for anyone uh, to have, you know, that has common sense, to paint the entire religion of Islam, entire population of the religion of Islam, um, you know, with the same brush and saying that everybody is like that, that little tiny, tiny group that uh, that may uh, associate also themselves with Islam. That is not Islam and this is completely uh, unfair and I I, I hope that our listeners understand and, uh, you know, uh, develop this understanding and develop this perception that Muslims are a peaceful people. Because when we look around Jamaica, there is, you know, it is said that there's about 5,000 or so Muslims across Jamaica. We hardly hear about Muslims committing any crimes or we never hear about Muslims committing any crimes actually. So, this is because the religion of Islam teaches us peace. If a small, small, extremely small minority commits those crimes, it is not fair. It is completely unfair to say that the whole religion or people or, you know, the people of this belonging to this religion, all of them are just like that small, small minority. So, this is, um, you know, um, what I would uh, say about the, these things. As for those people who are committing these crimes, Allah the Almighty has said that each soul will be answerable for its own actions. So those who are committing those crimes, uh, you know, and uh, because of them, Islam has earned a bad reputation, um, unfortunately. Allah will punish them and they will be answerable to God Almighty. And of course, uh, you know, uh, if possible in this world as well they will suffer the consequences of their crimes but Allah the Almighty will certainly hold them responsible for each and every action that that they have uh, that they have done each and every person they have terrorized or hurt or uh, you know uh, murdered or killed or as I said hurt in any way.
1: Thank you very much, Imam Tariq Azim. And uh, talking about the insignificant fraction of the so-called Muslims who are, are always in the news terrorizing people. In 2014, to be precise, on September 29, there was a CNN report which was done by one Peter Bergen. The research estimated that all the terrorist groups who may identify themselves with Islam, number 106,000 across the globe. And by then, the Muslim global population was 1.6 billion. Now it's about 1.9 billion. That is just about um, seven years you know, apart. And when you do the calculation, the percentage is 0.00, another 006625. So if you look at it, 0.00, not even up to a thousandth of a percentage. And that is what the media sometimes would want us to use to judge all Muslims. And if you look closely, these so-called terrorist groups who may identify themselves with Islam, they are in few countries like Afghanistan, Iraq, and other countries in the Middle East. The question is, who are behind these terrorist groups? Recently, we heard what happened in Afghanistan. And um, the U.S. has fought over 20 years fight coming back to square zero. What business has the U.S. or any other country in Afghanistan? The last time I checked, Afghanistan was not one of the states in the U.S. Yet, they keep on recruiting people. And, you know, giving them ammunition. And if you look at all these ammunition that are used by these so-called Muslim terrorist groups, these weapons are from these, you know, Western countries. And when they use them to achieve their selfish desires and they turn back on them, they now come back to complain, you know, against Islam. One of the popular, you know, figures when you talk about terrorism, everybody will tell you, Osama bin Laden. But then, if you go into history, he was recruited and trained by the U.S. This is not this is not a secret. There, I mean, I have seen uh, publications in the U.S. newspapers where he was hailed as you know a savior, almost like trying to fight the Soviet Union invasion of the you know the, the, the Middle East. So um, we are not justifying anybody's conduct. No true Muslim would take the life of a single person. But as I said. We have people amongst us who keep committing murders and they also identify themselves with either Christianity or other religions. However, as you indicated, whenever the crime is being reported, you would never hear their religion at a center stage. However, if a Muslim Muslim commits any act of violence, his religion will be used instead of his name. I always tell people that if, God forbid, I commit any mistake and I go to any of the courts in Jamaica, as a Muslim, I will be required to swear with the Holy Quran. But I am not sure that there is any court in Jamaica that has a copy of the Holy Quran that a Muslim can even use to swear, even if he has to. However, all those who, almost 90% of those who go to the court, you know, processes, they swear with the Bible. Indicating that they have you know faith in either Christianity or in the Bible. So it is completely wrong to tag a religious community as violent based on the actions of some insignificant you know, number of people. With this, I say a very big thank you to Imam Tariq Azim for sparing some time with us and also taking us through the sanctity of human life in islam and also giving us all the beautiful points to you my listeners thank you very much always for being part of the message of islam as i said if you have any question that you would want us to treat you can send that question to 876 if you also joined us at the later part of the program you can visit the Ahmadiyya muslim community's facebook page facebook.com slash amjjamaica where you're going to have this program and other previous programs available. Until we come your way next time with another interesting discussion on message of Islam, it's love for all and hatred for none. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. <laughs> There is no other God except Almighty Allah, and Muhammad is his messenger.